eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And now, a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Wednesday, June 16th, and this is the program that takes the mystery out of your financial life. How do we do that? We encourage you to ask questions of us. And the way you can get to us is to send us an email, ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Or if you're on our website, the jillonmoney.com website, all you need to do is click on the contact button and we will get your message. That is what Greg did. Hello, Greg. Where are we talking to you from? You can, of course, lie because we you can be anonymous if you want. But where do you, where would you like us to be talking to you from? I live in Minnesota, about a half hour uh, northwest of Minneapolis. All right. So what can we do for you today, sir? Well, thank you, Jill. I am uh, 60 years old, semi-retired. My wife is 10 years younger. Her plan is to work for about another three years. In total, we have about $2.6 saved in various pension funds, brokerage accounts, IRAs, SEP IRA, uh, a deferred comp that I had from working for the uh, Minnesota legislature for a number of years. And I am converting the pension funds that I had to Roth IRAs. Wondering what suggestions you have for that. I'm a little bit, we're, we're aggressive investors and we have some pretty expensive plans to travel in our retirement years. You said that you are semi-retired. How much are you making right now? Probably about 20000 a year. Okay. And how much does your wife earn? She makes about 160. 
you said you've got 2.6 million saved. How much of that is pre-tax money? 1.6 of it. Wow. Okay. That's a big chunk. So she's going to work for three more years. Are you going to keep working, you know, taking, you know, 20 something thousand a year, or are you going to call it quits in three years also? I'll probably do a part-time gig of some sort. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, tell me some more. Kids, no kids. What do you got? Kids uh, in college. Uh, we have 529 plans that are pretty well funded for them. So I don't feel like uh, unless they go to expensive graduate schools, I think we're pretty well covered there. Okay. I feel like kids are on their own if they do that. That's not on you unless you have tons and tons and tons of money. But really, they got to do that themselves. So I'm taking you off the hook on that. Uh, okay. How about house? Uh, fully paid for, probably value is about three seventy five. Okay. And in the plans of like, we have aggressive travel plans. <laughs> what are we talking about? How much money are you going to spend? You know, I need to know kind of the, the what's our target here? Sure. Well, our, our plan is to maybe spend a month at a time each year in retirement living someplace. Mm-hmm. Might be Paris for a month. It might be Costa Rica. It might be Thailand. It might be Australia. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would assume that those types of trips are going to run, you know, upwards of 50,000, maybe more. And what about like your other general needs? Like if I forget about the travel, what do you think you need to live on? Well, on a monthly basis, I would say probably five to 7,000. Five to 7,000, but you don't have a house. I mean, you know, a payment. That seems like a lot, no? Um, Well, we do have a vacation home in Florida and uh, a cabin in northern northern Minnesota. Oh, oh you left that out. Okay. Um, the vacation home in Florida and the cabin, how much are they worth? Vacation home is in Florida is probably about two fifty. The cabin is probably four hundred. Okay, two fifty and four hundred, and no mortgage on those either. Correct. Wow, you got a lot of house there. Is the game plan that you keep those as is or in retirement? Is something going to get sold to help fund this uh, 50 grand a year little habit that you're going to have? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, our, our plan tentatively is to sell the house that we're currently living in. That's okay. got the value of about 375. So that okay. would be that would take place when my wife retires. Okay. So when you said I've got $2.6 million saved, right? And 1.6 is pre-tax. What about just money in non-retirement assets? We have a, a pretty healthy savings, uh, emergency savings of about 65000 You know, other brokerage accounts, uh, checking account, that type of thing. Okay. So sixty-five in like liquid assets. And when, again, I just want to make sure I understand this. So all the other money, this 2.6 million, 1.6 being the pre-tax part of this. And in three years, when she's 53, will either of you be entitled to a pension? No, she she will be able to get a pension a few years after that, but it'll be very nominal. She has not been in her current position that long. So that'll be, it might be five to $700 a month. I mean, so the idea maybe in the way I'm thinking about it is the house that you sell in Minnesota Whatever you sell it for, that gives you, let's say, eight years of your fun money, right? You know, 50 grand a year, right? So I'm going to pretend the house you sell for 400 and, you know, it's great and you got eight years of travel. So I don't have to worry about that. But I feel like you don't have that much money saved for this 
next period of time. Because if I, I mean, your wife's really young and you're really young. And so if I consider that like from your age 63 and her age 53, even if like the money that you have right now grows to 3 million, okay? That's not a ton of money for your income needs. So what's your social security game plan right now? Goal is for me to take it at the late at 70 and a half or whatever, whenever I can maximize it. And what will that be? What will that amount be at your age 70? It'd probably be about 3,500 a month. I got to tell you something. I don't think you have enough money to do. I mean, I think all is well. Good. You might have to sell one of these other homes to do what you want to do. I think you're going to have a problem in until you get to age 70. It seems to me that there's going to be a lot of heavy duty spending until age 70, essentially. That's like your big time where you want to spend money. And it looks to me just from the the numbers that you're not going to necessarily be able to do this. So, okay, here's what I do when I, I really totally back of the envelope. If I looked at $3 million, and it's not even $3 million because we still have to pay tax on that pre-tax, but let's just pretend you have $3 million, right? And if I say, uh, what will that generate? A round number, generate about a hundred grand a year, okay? That's fine, but that's like not even accounting for weird stuff happening. So it just, it like, just kind of gets you there. And if your income need is 70, 80 grand, and you're going to be traveling and spending the money from the house, I feel like it's really skinny. I don't know. Like, I almost feel like you could be cutting it close. So how do you make sure that you don't cut it so close? couple of things. One is that you could sell another property. The other is that um, you can do your travel goal, but don't do it at 50 grand a year, maybe do it at 40 grand a year. Or you can say, we're just going to have to spend less money when we're home. Like our indulgence is going to be this travel thing. But instead of the, you know, the six, you said five to seven. So instead of six or seven, it's really going to be five when we're home. That I think will help you get there. But it's narrow, again, because you guys are young. You're really young, which means we've got so many decades in the future of financing your lives. How does that feel when I say tell you this? Is that a bummer? Uh, well, no, maybe just a little bit of an eye opener. And I think that your suggestion about cutting back on the monthly expenses, I think is, is good. And I think that's very doable. Okay, great. So you guys, you're managing your own money right now, right? Yes, we are managing our own money, a variety of Vanguard accounts. And, and, and that maybe leads to the second question. I am converting state pension money that I had over to you know, a broker, an IRA, and then I want to convert that to a Roth. Because of our extensive timeline here and our rather expensive retirement tastes, I'd like to keep that in, you know, equities and not not do bonds. And mm-hmm. so I'm wondering what your take is on that. To take, It's about 660000 I'd like to convert over to Roths and, uh, and take the tax hit on that, not all at once, but over time. And wondering what your advice is as to staying out of bonds and being more aggressive with, uh, you know, stock mutual funds. I mean, look, that's really rolling the dice. First of all, in the conversion, do you have enough money to pay the tax that's due? I mean, you have some money that's already been taxed. You'd have to have a pile of money to pay the taxes, even if you did it slowly. Right. And that money does not exist in a separate account or anything. No. But it have to come right. out of our existing living expenses and existing yeah. salaries. 
I don't know if I would really, I, I'm not sure I would make myself so crazy about it because you have a bunch of money that's Roth money. Okay. And I know that you've been doing it, but like, it would make more sense to wait until your wife is done and she's retired and your income drops way down. And as far as your diversification, you know what I'm going to tell you? You know that I'm going to say I'm uncomfortable with 100% equities. I think that it's more risk than you need. If you do not want to look at the bond market, then that would certainly suggest that if you don't want that, then what you're going to have to do is have some cash on the sidelines because you you know, you can't afford to be 100% equities because what if we need some of this money? And we need to actually get to this money sooner rather than later. And we need to have some money that's in cash. And the problem is cash pays you, you know, peanuts right now. So I would at least, I, I, don't, I know you hate, you know, hold your nose, but like, even if you just had an intermediate term bond fund and you put just 20%, that would be a super aggressive portfolio to me. I would still have some bonds in there just because I know it's not going to give you the same growth. I know that interest rates are rising, but bonds act differently. And there is a real good reason why people like bonds. It's because they provide a fixed stream of income. And as you retire, I think you might want that more and more. I would encourage you to reconsider the bond idea. Well, thank you. I, I, that's uh, some sane advice that I probably needed to hear. <laughs> Greg from Minnesota, it has been my pleasure to chat with you. If you want to be like Greg. And who does not want to be like Greg? All you need to do is send us an email. It's askjill at jillonmoney.com. Or if you're on the website, if you're on jillonmoney.com, hit the contact button. And lo and behold, we will get your message. Don't forget to tell us if you'd like to come on the air. That would really be great. As always, we want to remind you to do something nice for someone else today. And to think about the good old Jill on Money mantra. Grit, growth, grace. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.